Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Moving right along with Sech. Let's pay a parak Aleph Mishnah Vav. Finishing the parak and moving on to parak Beis Mishnah Aleph. The Olam who knows the Mishnah Peya upoter min ha meisus ad says the Mishnah that although a farmer once he harvests his field, and by harvest it means not just cut everything down, but he collects it and makes a pile. At that point, there's an obligation to give trumos and maestros, give the tithes. One does not need to give tithes on the peya, on the corners of their field that are going to the anim, to the poor people. Says the Mishnah, that is true so long as he did not make his pile. Meaning, whilst he's harvesting his field, then the peya does not, he can give the peya to the ani and does not include that in his total amount that he's giving trumos and maestros from. However, if he harvests the entire field and makes a pile of everything, so at that point, he must give trumas and maestros from the paya as well, because once the paya makes it into that major pile, the pile at the end, that now kicks in the obligation for trumas and maestros, so then it's no longer exempt from trumos and maestros. The Magad Mishnah asks the following question. Says the Magad Mishnah, why is it, or when is it, the obligation, or excuse me, the exemption from, pe- from trumas and maestros on paya? When do we say there is a, now an exemption on this produce because it's paya? Do we say the second the farmer says, that corner over there is paya? Well, now it's no longer obligated in trumas and maestros. Or perhaps that's not when it's no longer obligated in trumas and maestros. It's obligated in trumas and maestros even after you harvest it until the uni takes it into his hands. And the nafkamin is going to be, what if Jeff Bezos shows up at your house and he sees the corner of your field, which you had designated as paya, and he takes it home and makes an apple cake out of it? So if you tell me, the second you designate something as trumas and maestros, so now it no longer, there's no longer an obligation to give, excuse me, once you designate something as paya, there's no longer an obligation to give trumas and maestros. So even though Jeff Bezos is the world's wealthiest man, maybe he's the wealthiest man, maybe someone else's egg changes by the day. So even if Jeff Bezos takes that corner, takes those paya, he has no obligation to give trumas and maestros. Whereas if you say no, there's an obligation to give trumas and maestros until the uni accepts it, so then, if Jeff Bezos walks home with your paya, then he has to give Trumas and Maestros off that paya. Moving right along in the Mishnah, once we discuss the concept of things that are putter, are exempt from Trumas and Maestros, we're going to list a couple other areas where there is an exemption from Trumas and Maestros. Venosi Mishum Hefker, Pater, and Maestros, Hefker, if you are to imafke your field, you say, my field is, no, is now ownership, ownerless. It no longer belongs to me, like we do with our chametz. At that point... There is no obligation to give trumas and maestros because trumas and maestros only come off your produce, not produce that is hefker. Until Ad Shemariach. However, once you take your field and you harvest it and you make this mariach, meaning this pile, which that already triggers the obligation to give trumas and maestros, and even if you're mafking your field, you still have an obligation to give trumas and maestros from it. Similarly, you can harvest your field and you can take from that harvest and give to your animals as food until obviously the same point in Maria but once you harvest and you make this pile so then you can no longer give to the animals unless you take trumas and maestros off of it and the reason for that is as follows why are you allowed to give to your animals so because they they have no obligation because is because actually a person himself can eat from the field so long as so long as he's not eating a achilas keva a a established meal. But before it's a maria, before this, it's made a pile, there's no obligation to give trumas and maestros at all. It's just there's a special darabon that says a man can't eat from it, a real meal. But he can munch on it, he can nibble on it. And therefore, when it comes to animals, they didn't make that gazera, so you can even feed your animals a full meal. You can grow things and give to your animals and never take trumas and maestros on, on it. 
Um, Similarly, you can go to your pile, not the main pile, but you can harvest and take what you harvested and just quickly turn it around and, and plant it. Again, until this point of Mariach, Rabbi Akiva. Kohen Levi let's say a Kohen and Levi come along and they jump the gun. They say, I know that the t- that what you have, 10% of it's coming going coming to me. So instead of you taking making a pile and taking it off, I'm just gonna run into your field and grab it and bring it home. Says the Mishnah, if they do so, that they, they can keep the Trumas and Maestras because really it belongs to them. But once you make a pile, and now it has an obligation to Trumas and Maestros, if the Kohen and Levi come along and they take it before you give it to them, then they must either return it or give it to another Kohen and Levi. And the reason for that is not because you, is, is not because there's not a, a biblical obligation for this, but rather there's a kanas, a fine. The Chazal didn't want every Kohen to run around like a vigilante and quickly and take his own trumas and maestros without the permission of the farmer. It doesn't look good. It's, it's not good midos. And therefore, they say, and if you do so, you have to give it away. But before, this, before you make a pile, so then they could take so and they can actually keep it. And part of the reason for this, by the way, is because trumas and maestros never belong to the farmer. The halacha is that you grow a field, and it's tevel, you don't own the Trumas and Maestros, and that's why it really belongs to the Kohen and Levi, and your job is to facilitate them getting it. But if they do come along and grab it, so really they can keep it. Lastly, someone who takes their field, and they are makdashit, they say this this now belongs to the to the, to the, to the state of the Beis HaMikdash, so then... If they then go along and through a process, they are poted, they redeem and say, actually, I don't want to give it to the Beis HaMikdash, they have to give Trumas and Maestros. However, if they give it to the Beis HaMikdash, and the Gizbar, the, the the person who's in charge of overseeing the funds of the Beis HaMikdash, if he at that point then collects it and makes a pile, at that moment, what happens if you make a pile? That triggers the obligation to start giving Trumas and Maestros. However, Trumas and Maestros only come off a regular farmer. Trumas and Maestros do not come off land owned by the Beis Hamigdash. So at the moment when one should have, what, what should have triggered the obligation, Trumas and Maestros, there was no, there was no trigger because, because it's owned by the Beis Hamigdash. If the man comes along after now, the farmer comes along and redeems it, he does not have to give Trumas and Maestros because the p- point on which normally the, triggers the obligation happened when there was no, happened when it was owned by the Beis Hamigdash, there was no obligation then. And thus we have Trumas and Maestros money laundering. Okay. Rev Zilberstein asked the following question. He says, if that's true, what about an Ani? If a, if a Levi or a Cohen can go and grab Tevel, effectively, and say, I'm just going to take it home, and uh, I'm taking my own Trumas and Maestros, and we al- allow them to keep it, or we don't allow them to keep it only because of a Kanas, can an Ani do the same? Can an Ani go to a field and grab Peya and say, it's, it's mine, however you slice it, this is going to be mine, meaning... Even if you're going to harvest your whole field, then you'll have to take off part of it and give it to me as payah. Can an honey jump the gun and says, Rav Zilberstein, no. Because there's a fundamental difference between payah and trumas and maestros. As we just noted, trumas and maestros never belonged to the farmer. He grew it, but trumas and maestros always is set aside, even before he officially sets it aside, and it belongs to the Kohen and Levi, whereas payah belongs to the farmer. The farmer, yes, has an obligation, an obligation to give it away, but it still belonged to him. And therefore, if the Levi, if the Ani jumps the gun and takes the payah, says the Rambam, Gezel, he stole stole it. A further nafkamina is going to be what happens if there's no Ani or Cohen around. So by trumas and maestros, if, if there's no Cohen around, the farmer still can't partake and take eating that truma because it's not his. 
Whereas if there's no Levi around, you're living in your, uh, uh, no, excuse me, no Ani around, you're living in a utopian society, no one's poor. And the farmer should say, says to himself, rather than this rotting, I can actually eat this pay because it really did belong to me. I just had an obligation to give it away in the event there was an Ani. This concludes the first parak. Moving on to parak Bays, Mishnah Aleph. This Mishnah is going to discuss as follows. When the Torah t- says one has an obligation to take peya off their field, the Torah is very specific and says field in singular. Meaning, it's not that in aggregate, I look at all my fields and say how much pay do I have to give, but rather, each and every field generates a new obligation in peya. So I have a hundred fields, I have a hundred obligations in peya. If I have one field bigger than all those hundred fields, I only have one obligation in peya. And the question is going to be, Fields all look different. They're different topographies in the field. When, how do you define what a field is, and how do you say, oh, this is not a, this is one big field, or how do you say it's multiple fields? What exactly? What what can be mafsik? What can separate and say actually this is considered more than one field versus it's or it's all it's one big field? These are the following things. If you if they show up in your field, we say rather than this being one field, it's actually two fields. Hanachal. If you have a stream running through your entire field. Or if you have a pool, or you have a road, a private road, or you have a public thoroughfare, or you have you have some sort of uh, path, both private or, or private, that are used both whether it's it's uh, winter or summer, you have a a pit, or excuse me, a bar here is not a pit, it's a fallow field. If you have a major field, but you, in the middle of it, you have half the field is fallow, or a third of the field is fallow, or if it's not fallow, but you rather you, you, you plowed it, but you never, you never, you never, you never planted, or if you have two, you have one big field, but two different types of produce, all these things, all these things are considered a hefsik. Meaning, if I have a field, and the first 100 feet is planted, tomatoes, and then the next 100 feet, there's nothing. And the next 100 feet, I have planted tomatoes. Well, that 100 feet of, of fallow land in the middle is mafsik, and we look at it as two different fields. Similarly, if I have a river running through it, it's two different fields. If I have cucumbers and tomatoes, two different fields. We don't look at it by the geographic boundaries, but rather by the different things that are mafsik in between it all. What if you do What's shachas? So animal food. Animal food, they would they would only let it grow one third and then they would harvest it. So Rav Mayer says, if you have a field, let's just say it's it's all the same produce. It's all going to be um it's all going to be tomatoes. But some of that field, in the middle of the field, you're gonna keep on cutting and harvesting it at one third because that's gonna go to animal food. Rav Mayer said that actually that is mafsik. Chacham say no, it's not mafsik. It's at the end of the day, it's still tomato. It's tomato plant. You're just not letting it grow all the way, and it's not mafsik. It doesn't separate unless you totally plow it over each time you regrow it. So again, Mishnah Aleph is all about what are the things that can that can be mafsik that can be in your field that can make an imposition of some sort that therefore divide it into more than one field, even though you own the entire property. Everyone should have a wonderful day.